This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Thank you, Vanessa. As I mentioned earlier, Surf Life Saving Australia has been working and continues to work with NRL and AFL players in campaigning for summer safety and preventing drownings and obviously very timely today. Best way to do it, grab a Nutrigrain pack and check that out. There's a special QR code that gives you the safest beaches to swim at this summer. At the forefront of that um, from the AFL side, but also now with a foot in the NRL camp, is an absolute legend of the game. Four-time Premiership player captain of the winning Geelong side last year, of course, in the AFL Premiership. Joel Selwood is our special guest on the morning show. Good morning, Joel. Matty, how you going, mate? Yeah, good, thank you, mates. Uh, first up, I, I just want to talk to you about this campaign because it is very timely. So many people will be heading off to the beach today and it's always good to get behind that campaign as well. But this is across two codes here. So how important is it to get this message across? Well, two codes and, um, you know, just life as in living because it's a busy time of the year where people are going to unfamiliar beaches. So it's, um, you know, I was sitting by my Nutrigrain box this morning and um, could see the QR code that could lead us to the safest beaches uh, in around Australia. How many beaches have you been checking out since you, since you pulled the pin after last year? What's life been like <laughs> for you, mate? Well, it's been busy, but um, in saying that, a lot of work's been in and around home. So I'm uh, on the Ballerine Peninsula, which, uh, you know, has a lot of beautiful beaches. We've got uh, 13 beaches out the back, um, which is well patrolled, and uh, that's that's the one that we love most. You, your premiership career, your, your AFL career was just extraordinary, and we all know the story behind that, and the way that you finished on the high was just amazing as well. But now you've got a foot in the NRL camp, and obviously with our listeners, Joel, um, heavily invested in the world of rugby league, we want to know how does this play out for you? So leadership coach at the Melbourne Storm, what does that entail for you? Yeah, I am. I've obviously joined uh, the Melbourne Storm down here, a, a organisation that I've looked upon and, um, you know, watched on in envy of the work that they've done over, you know, the 25-year history that they've had. But um, just going to work with their leaders coming through. They've obviously lost a handful of players through the Dolphins and um, and now it's uh, time for this next group of leaders to come through. So it was a pretty appealing to me, the, the ages of these guys, the way in the position that they were in as a club that uh, to join them and see how we go. Yeah, and, and all clubs go through changeovers. You, you've witnessed it and, and been part of it firsthand. But I, I guess the thing about the Storm, Joel, is that leadership, when I think about the Storm, I think of leadership straight up. You know, you had Cameron Smith there for so long. You've got Craig Bellamy, who's such a strong leader. Frank Panisi, who runs the show behind the scenes, yep. is such a strong leader as well. Is, is that something that you noticed when you went into that club, that leadership is probably one of the top identifiers that, that say this is the Melbourne Storm? Yeah, no doubt. Obviously a very stable club. Um, been fortunate for the people that you've just mentioned, um, but now it's over to the boys, you know, come game day um, to, you know, take their game to the next level. Obviously didn't finish where they wanted to last year um, with the exit in finals. So um, they just want, want to be a stronger club um, and, and take those steps forward. What's the key, do you reckon, to being a good leader 
in the heat of battle because there, there, are, there are a couple of different types, aren't there? There's those that lead by example. There's those that get the team around them. So when you're out there in the cut and thrust of a premiership game and you look around and you say, oh, I've got to get this team going in, in this direction, how do you do it? Well, I think that's probably a longer um, answer than <laughs> probably the time that I've got. But yeah. I, at, at the end of the day, you've got to do the simple things really well and uh, make them really good habits too. So if you can do those, more more than likely there's going to be more mistakes come those really hectic times that you're talking about. So can you make less mistakes on the other side? Yeah, which is simple and, and keeping it narrow. What's it been like to witness blokes like Cameron Munster? He's a different cat firsthand. <laughs> <laughs> he is very enjoyable to be around. Um, you know, I, I've uh, watched um, Money for a long time, but uh, he has this killer instinct that you would love to play with. So um, I'm still getting to learn to, to learn to learn the boys, and um, yeah, obviously a really um, culturally really strong club, and um, looking forward to joining in on that. Hey, mate, it's great to catch up with you. Appreciate your time today. What are you up to on this Australia Day? I am at training right now, oh. so we're uh, they're on the home deck of Cadinia Park. They got camped down at Geelong Grammar this uh, this week again, the second week. So yeah. um, the boys are going to have a practice game here in a couple of weeks. So um, they've got a couple of hour session out here today, and then uh, back to Geelong Grammar. Hey mate, well just before I let you go on that, I had Jason Demetrio, the the coach of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and they spent some time at Richmond and learn a lot from there. Are you seeing more crossover between NRL and AFL or, or code to code? Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, the especially through the sports science too, that those teams are looking to always get the upper edge and how training programs are working and whatnot. But players do enjoy being around other, you know, great players too. I think we're just a sport-loving nation and um, may that continue. Thanks for your time this morning, Joel. Um, like I say, great to catch up with you. Let you get back to training and thanks for pushing that campaign as well because it's a, it's a damn important one. Appreciate it. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Thanks for having me on. Joel Selwood there. And uh, like we say, you can check out the Nutrigrain packs. It's got a QR code, really, really simple. Um, with the help of Surf Life Saving Australia, there's a QR code that will give you the safest beaches to swim at this summer. Um, we cannot hammer that message home enough. And players, past players like Joel Selwood and those within the NRL and across the AFL as well are part of that. But, gee, that's interesting, isn't it? One of the great leaders of the game down there and across the AFL, one of the great leaders, more wins as captain in AFL than anybody else, four premierships along the way and held in such high esteem, is now helping out the Melbourne Storm, which is known for its leadership abilities and those that have been there and those that continue to be there. And here they are, again, working hand in hand. It's quite a story and we're seeing a lot more of it, aren't we? It was fascinating to talk to Jason Demetrio yesterday and, and he mentioned that the mental side of it is is probably more that they get out. I mean, you can imagine that once you pit player v player, doesn't matter which code, with all the all the training and all the level of sports, everything that goes with it, you'd imagine that the physical abilities aren't too far off, but it's the it's the IP, it's the intellectual property that they really like to share. And they, they do call it, um, I think they call it PD a lot, professional development and professional research. And that's where this code sharing has becoming more and more at the forefront. 0457 736 736 is the number. We are looking for your favourite non-Aussie Aussie. It can go across the board. Uh, Charlize Theron has just been thrown out. That was the very first in. 
Charlize Theron, John Travolta. So, I mean, yep, yeah, you, you got to put him up in there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, is he still flying Qantas planes? Is this, <laughs> he'd like to. We know that. What about gentlemen Jim Richards or Murph? Even though they're both back home in New Zealand, they'd be welcomed here with open arms. Seems most honorary Aussies are from across the ditch. You've, you've hit the cord here, Rob, from Blacktown. Um, Jimmy Richards, Greg Murphy, yes, plenty of Kiwi drivers who have made their way in Australia. Scotty McLaughlin's another one. Um, Shane Van Gisbergen at the moment is leading the charge. Um, that Kiwi connection continues. Your favourite non-Aussie Aussie. The top of my list, I, if you can beat Roger Federer on that list, especially when it comes to athletes, let me know. I'm, I'm happy to be one-upped on this occasion. Let me. I mean, your Russell Crowe is good, Brooksy, and love Rusty. Thanks, Matty. But is he, is he Roger? No. Well, <laughs> he was our lead person, so I had to come up with a second best because <laughs> I'm – that's going to be one of my big sporting regrets, Maddie. Not having seen Roger Federer live. Yeah, I tried to do it twice, didn't happen, and now everyone just talks glowingly about those <laughs> memories of watching Roger or interviews that you see, and you just go, "Damn it!" Well, here's here's the thing, and it's an an interesting point. So if you watch Roger Federer live, you kind of know what you're going to get from the player, right? You you know what you're in for. And I would dare say that watching Roger Federer in his prime on TV was a better watching experience of him playing because the art of Roger Federer was so much more beautifully captured in slow-mo and super slow-mo. And I mean, the way that he kept his head down as he followed through, especially off those sublime, um, you know, sort of backhanders that he, it was just unbelievable. The experience that you missed out on was the Roger Federer experience of him talking to the crowd, him coming out, the crowd loving him, the back and forth between Rod Laver Arena and him, his absolute glowing love for Rod and respect for Rod Laver when he was in the house, his emotions that he showed out there, the tears that he wasn't afraid to to let go, um, all of that, and that you know that 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 genuine warmth that he gave in the post match interviews. That's the part that you miss out on. That's the part that you can see on TV, but you can't feel unless you're there. There's two people that come to mind uh, working in TV, Virat Kohli being yep. on the SCG when he's around, you get that vibe. And yeah. I sat quite close to LeBron James at a Cavs-Knicks game at Madison Square Garden and all eyes, it's a bit different basketball to tennis because mm. there's only two players out on the court, but all eyes are on LeBron regardless if he's sitting on the bench or on the court because there's always something happening. Mm. I feel that Roger Federer would have had that vibe when you go to an event that it's not only your eyes watching Roger when he whips that backhand or hits that passing shot around the post. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the feeling I get that if I was there with Roger, that everyone's looking with me, I can feel the other eyes on Roger that gives you goosebumps. It goes, this is a global phenomenon. When he was at his peak, when he was the dominant force in, in world tennis, he, he commanded Melbourne Park when he got there. He swept through the joint. He knew he was the big dog. He didn't have to swagger and put his chest out, but he, you know, he glides. <laughs> That's what he does. But he knew that he was the, the the top dog there and he acted accordingly. He wasn't, um, you know, he, he didn't push his way around, but he knew that that was his place. And like we said yesterday, essentially what Roger wanted, he Roger got. The time that I saw 
Roger play second fiddle firsthand was the time that he was walking alongside Rod Laver one day at the back of the broadcast area. And he was genuinely a step and a half behind. He was, he wasn't bowing. It's not a sycophantic thing. It's a respectful thing. That's the nature of the guy. But that was the time to me that Roger Federer was at the very peak of his career, was walking alongside Rod Laver in this respectful awe and quite literally just a step or so behind to sort of go, you know what? I'm the king here, but you're the master. This is your place. And you're the guy that I want to aspire to be. And that's, that again is the Federer experience. Is this just a Roger Federer love him? Is he, is he still? <laughs> it feels like it. And I don't care, Matty. I don't care. Because he's one of the best. All ever. right. Let's group hug it out. He's our favourite non-Aussie Aussie.